on this week's show. Getting ready for a big TV date, we catch up with Ebbsfleet United defender Hayden Hollis. Everybody's obviously going to be starting talking about Ebbsfleet and that can only be positive for the club. Experience for some youngsters and minutes in the legs for some experienced heads too. A successful night for Welling United in the Kent Senior Cup. Although it's the Kent Cup, it's still a pressured environment um, and they've shown a bit of desire. And flying high in the scaffold after a fantastic win at Whitstable, we have from Irith Town boss Adam Woodward. Last year I think the league was one on a hundred points, so you don't know how many points you'll need to win it this season or to be there and thereabouts. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Kent Non-League Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. And we've got three interviews for you to enjoy this week, a variety of leagues and hopefully there's going to be some good chats as well. As always, I'm John Phipps, who genuinely wasn't sure what day of the week it was after some long and late nights over the last few days. And on the line now is not the giant sombrero-wearing buffoon that usually joins me, but instead another guest host. Uh, today, he's the only man to ask me to be a guest on his podcast as well. I am available some of the time, honestly. Uh, he's a Welling United fan, Radio Wings commentator, dog owner, and I'm even going to let him off for being a Surrey cricket supporter. Uh, Nigel Jones, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hi, John. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine and um, delighted to be uh, to be part of this podcast this week. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself. Um, how long have you been involved at Welling United? Um, well, basically, it's uh, been a, a few years. I mean, I, I started going uh, back in the early 80s and um, and then I actually moved to Welling and I, I stopped going to Premier League matches ages ago and then I started going to Welling regularly and then a chance got involved to, to be part of the uh, the setup there, be part of the club, do the Tannoy announcing. And because I used to work on uh, local radio, I was asked if I'd sort of get involved with Radio Wings and I've sort of taken that over and it's sort of gone from strength to strength, really. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going fantastic. I suppose people, you know, a club radio station is, is probably a hard gig sometimes, isn't it? Because I guess you're kind of uh, looking at uh, things and you've, you've got to look at it from, a, from a, a blinkered point of view. It can be. It can be. I mean... You know, sometimes it has been difficult, especially last season. It was very difficult sometimes. But one of the things that we do try to, to do on Radio Wings is that if we if we do play badly or things are not going well, we say it. We don't try to to gloss over it. That we do sort of come across and and t- tell them how it like it is. So we try to be as uh, although we have got a sort of a Welling United obviously favouritism, we do try to keep it as as impartial as we possibly can. And obviously, you, you enjoy doing Radio Wings, and I guess it's, it's a great service that you provide for the supporters as well who can't make the games. It is, it is. Um, I mean, I've, some of the comments that, that I receive after the uh, after the broadcasts uh, are quite overwhelming, really, and and it's really sort of been well received. And there's, I mean, we've got listeners tuning in from all over the world now: South Australia, Dubai, um, the Philippines. I mean, it's it's quite amazing where you've got people tuning in from the Philippines at like five o'clock in the morning. It, it really is, and. Um, yeah, it's for the supporters that can't get there. It's been, it's been a it's been a godsend for them, really. Yeah, and, and I did say I, I will let you off for being a sorry supporter, but you know you you live in Kent, Nigel. What what, what are you doing supporting that lot? Well, well, basically, what that's about it's it's logistics. It's the case of the fact that I live in Welling, and it's a lot easier to get to the Oval than it is to go to Canterbury to watch Kent. And so, basically, from from Welling Station, it takes me about I can get to the Oval in about thirty five minutes. So it's more really the fact that I can get to a day's cricket than I can say I'm an actual diehard Surrey supporter. But, but you, you know, you it's go just... to Beckenham. Kent are all over Beckenham now. They they want to be Beckenham. <clears throat> Come back to the good side. Leave the dark side alone. <laughs> 
Oh, I do, I do, I do go to Beckenham. Obviously, when they play Surrey, um, I mean, I do like Beckenham. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely outground, but um, yeah, just it's, it's basically logistically because it is so easy to get to the Oval, and then becoming a Surrey member means that I can obviously watch some decent cricket. That Surrey do have some of the world's best players, and I can also get to tickets for Test matches. So, yeah, but it is, it is just logistically really. But of course, becoming a Surrey member means you actually have to say the words, I am a Surrey member. You know, swings and roundabouts. Um, <laughs> it's our <laughs> 235th show this week. That led me to a Budapest-based production company. And I did check. It was nothing dodgy. It just seemed to be doing adverts rather than scantily clad uh, Eastern European folk. Uh, 235 also has all the number fields. It's a semi-prime, heptagonal, semi-triangular. It's figurative in two ways. Uh, a harsher number and a smarandash welling number. I've not got a Scooby-Doo. Uh, who that those pair? Who those last pair are? Uh, it's also a formation that only a madman would line his football up, team up in. Although one team in Kent that we don't cover on this show at the moment, uh, they could possibly use playing five up top, couldn't they? Uh, anyway, let's move on swiftly from them. Uh, we may be covering them next season. Let's see what happens. So uh, we're going to start this week's show uh, in the National League South. Well, sort of the National League South because it's actually been a week of cups for Leeds United. Uh, last weekend, they were knocked out of the FA Trophy by Eastbourne Borough, a second defeat in a row for Fleet after their long unbeaten start. And now this weekend, they're ready for their big TV date against League One Fleetwood. Ahead of that game on Sunday, I spoke to Fleet defender Hayden Hollis, and I started by asking if he was looking forward to the Big Cup tie. Yeah, um, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, be a great opportunity for us to test ourselves against a team three leagues higher than us, so give ourselves um, a real clear picture of, of where we are. As a non-league footballer, as, as you are at the moment, how exciting is it to, to know that the TV camera is going to be there? Yeah, it's great. Um, I think it's great for the football club, you know. It puts the football club, uh, especially with it being on TV, and put the football club on the map. Um, everybody's obviously going to start talking about Epsfleet, and that can only be positive for the club. I, I suppose, obviously, you, you arrived at Epsfleet in the summer. We kind of sold the dream of, of the clubs going places, and this is a kind of example of it, isn't it? I suppose it's a shame going into this big game on Sunday that you're not in the best of form at the moment. You could say that, but we've only lost one league game out of God knows how many. I think it's 17 or something like that. So that's that's very, very debatable. You know, <laughs> the FA Trophy is one of them. Everybody makes changes. And if you look at the results in the FA Trophy, I think all the big teams in our league got beat. The, the top three teams, us, haven't, Darford or lost. So I think if I'd have said to you, as, if I'd have said to the supporters and everybody else, if, we're going to lose one league game out of 17. Come the end of November, I think everybody will be under. I suppose the big challenge is when you, when you have a, a good run, as Ebbsfleet have done, when you lose a game, people will question how you bounce back. And I suppose that, that's kind of the, 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 the question that people may be asking. But I'm guessing from talking to you, you've got the belief in the team that you can. Yeah, of course. Listen, that's, that's always the, the key battle. And, and that's where you find out a lot about people. You know, when you lose, how do people react? Um, that's where you find a lot out about characters and, and people... As, as people, not as footballers, but how they are as people, do they just accept it or or do they make sure it doesn't happen again? Um, we're going in as massive underdogs. So it's one of them, really. But as soon as that league comes around again, I can assure you we don't want to be losing many more. What, what are you expecting from Fleetwood? I'm guessing the managers had the watch and everything, so you know, you know what you're going to be coming up against. Yeah, we've gone through a little bit, obviously, today, and, and we'll go through a little bit more on 
and Friday and Saturday. Um, and I've played against Fleetwood before, but obviously it's a completely different team and manager. So we'll do our work. We'll, 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 we'll know what to expect. And I'm sure they'll do exactly the same on us because although the three leagues higher, they've got to be a little bit concerned about us and, and, and what we possess. How are you enjoying your time at Ebbsfleet? Yeah, I'm loving it. As you say, I've, I've come here and, and how do you not enjoy winning? You know, I've just said we've lost one game in, in 17 league matches and as a footballer, that's all you want to do, you know, is win. And if you're winning, you're happy. It's exciting times that come as well, isn't it, with the stadium plans that are coming out and obviously being top of the league is, is, is great and, you know, the, the crowd seems to be going up as well. So there must be a real feel-good factor everywhere at the club. Yeah, exactly, and I suppose that's that's good. That shows the club's moving in the right direction and it shows we're, we're doing something right on the pitch and, and the manager's got, um, they're doing a fantastic group we've got, but I think we can't take a foot off the gas. I think we have to keep on top of that now and we can't take that for granted that we're getting people. The people are only coming because of what we're doing. So we can't take a foot off the gas and, uh, the gas and we have to keep improving and improving, otherwise that'll soon back end up and the tennis will go down. You say, obviously, you know Damien from the past, but was it a big decision for you to come down to Ebbsfleet? Obviously, from your voice, you're not a local, um, and, and I guess, obviously, you know, playing at this level of football is probably different for you as well. Yeah, of course, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I had a really, really bad year last year with, with my injury, um, and it's the first major injury in my career, I've never been injured in my whole career, so it was a little bit of an eye-opener for me. Um, I did have, I only had a few other options, obviously in the league above and, and obviously one in league two but after speaking to Damien and the manager that they, they I really wanted to be part of the team and, and the club going forward because I think it is really exciting times and, and I love the way we play and I, I think we play play the game the right way and just finally what would it mean to you to get through to the third round property FA Cup oh yeah it'd be fantastic you know because that's when all the big boys come in and, and that's a dream isn't it if you can draw a Premier League team away that's I think that's the dream of any footballer and that'll be exactly the same in Fleetwood's mind although they're in League One they'll be desperate to get to round three to get to get one of the big boys I suppose you don't even know that your uh, Gravesend and Northfleet as were 1996 was the last time they got to stage they played Aston Villa and if I remember rightly it was drawn at home but played at Villa Park so you'd love something like that wouldn't you? Good knowledge yeah um, that'd be fantastic you know that would be fantastic um, but we've got a job to do on Sunday first and let's give it our best go and see how we get on uh, interesting chat there, Nigel. He's not worried about those two defeats in a row. And I remember when you played them the other week, I did say to you they've got to lose at some point. Uh, they're still a side to be feared. And that's a banana skin for Fleetwood, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, when we played them, I thought that we was unlucky. I, I, I think that if we'd have managed to keep 11 players on the pitch, we hadn't had to send it off. I think we could pod- possibly got a victory. But they are flying. Um, and they're rightly where they are is because of the way they've been playing. Um, a massive, massive game for them in the FA Cup on um, on Sunday, and no reason why they they can't get a win there. I really think that they could go in there with, with you know positive and and looking to get a result. If you were Fleetwood, you'd be a little bit worried about this on Sunday, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely, most definitely, because and as I say, I know I know that they've uh, had a couple of defeats, but. Um, Especially playing at their, their their home grounds with a big crowd there, TV cameras, the magic of the FA Cup. It's 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 a knockout. It's a it's an upset waiting to happen, and um, I I think that uh, they will be really up for it come Sunday. Yeah, I've I've been lucky enough to see Ebbsfleet a few times over the past uh, 
few years. I saw a few games in the pandemic under under Dennis Katri, but and they play some lovely football as well, don't they? It's not like it's going to be a you know sort of get it up and non-league team going for it. It's actually going to be a, a really good footballing side locking horns with a team two leagues above them. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that, um, as I say, with, with being at home and once they start their, their free-flowing football, there'll be a match for anyone. And as you say, Fleetwood won't, won't relish coming down. Won't relish, well, we're not relish playing at, uh, at uh, the Cuffling on Sunday, most definitely. And, and, and Hayden Hollis there, obviously a, a, an experienced player, has been around the, the, the scene a little bit, but it sounds to me like he's really enjoying t- his time at Epps United. Absolutely, and and it's another reason why you're, you're finding that players that have, that are, um, have, have, have had experience in the Football League, they are coming to, to non-league now and playing at teams that, you know, they can earn a decent wage and it's, it's still competitive football, they're playing in front of decent crowds and, um, yeah, he, he sounds, you know, really up for it, he sounds really happy um, obviously, they've got Chris Solly there, the ex-Charlton uh, defender as well. So, yeah, they've got they've got some good players there. Very good players. I think it's a big one for Dennis Katriba as well this weekend because we all know about the depth that he's got. The, I mean, when, when they came down to Eastbourne early in the season, they made eight changes uh, for that game and still had a really strong side out. There's going to be some very, very disappointed Epsfield United players on, on Sunday, I suppose. And, and I guess also, will we see that this is the team that he puts out on Sunday is what he perceives to be his best team? Well, this is the problem, isn't it? It's, it I mean, it's, it's the old the cliche, it's the problem that every manager loves to have, but obviously there's going to be some disappointed players. But when you've got that strength in the squad um, and you've got the luxury where you possibly can rotate, then, um, you know, hopefully um, the team that he puts out, I would have thought would be the team that have played the majority of together, you know, with, with each other this season. And how fantastic would it be um, for Kent football as a whole to get a non-league team into the third round? I think, as I said at the end, at the end of the interview, I'm pretty sure that the last team to do it were, were Ebbsfleet United, or as they were Gravesend and Northfleet. And, and that's 26, 27 years ago that they did it. It'd be fantastic for, for Kent football and the National League South, Ebbsfleet, to do it on Sunday. Most definitely. And um, as I say, the, the, the standard that Ebbsfleet are producing, that... Um, if they was to get a decent draw, I mean, obviously they'd want one of the big boys, probably you know Manchester United at Old Trafford or something like that. But if they was to get a, a home draw against you know another, say a, a smaller club, then they, they they would be full of confidence because they are playing such good stuff. Yes, absolutely. As Hayden said, there are plenty of our teams, uh, well, plenty of top teams in the National League South did bow out of the FA Trophy. Uh, in fact, Nigel's Wings were the only one of our five in the National League South who made it through. Uh, all of the others went out to lower league sides as well. Dartford thrashed at Swindon Supermarine. Summer Angels lost at home to Bracknell. And Matt's beloved Dover, well, they went out on penalties at Uxbridge. Uh, Welling, though, beat Haven Waterlooville to make it through. And it was a week of cup success for the Wings as they also made it through on penalties in the Kent Senior Cup on Tuesday night uh, when they took on Sittingbourne. And thanks to Wings TV, here is assistant boss Craig Holloway. The boys um, started really well. Uh, first 20 minutes, obviously, we went 2-0 up. Um, and then Sittingbourne changed their shape, which, for me, they got control of the game. Um, and they got back into the into the game with, like, a, a silly goal for us to give away. Um, we got back into the changing room. For me, the game was very much lacking in the final third for both teams in the end. Um, but it was a great experience for the academy lads and all the 23s to come in and play against adults. 
Gonna say a great experience for, for the academy lads that have come in. A couple of full debuts there as well, uh, and plenty of them stepping up to take penalties as well. They showed great character to, to put themselves forward to do. Yeah, hundred percent. I've just said in there to them. Um, you know, they've obviously shown um, a good mentality um, to go and take penalties. And you know, it's although it's the Kent Cup, it's still a pressured environment, um, and they've just shown a bit of desire. Um, and the right mentality to go and score goals in penalty um, situations. And the other really important thing for, for the competition like this is some first-team players getting vital minutes as well. Obviously, Amadou Kasarati coming back from suspension, making sure he got a decent amount of minutes. And someone like Jay Simpson as well, who's, who hasn't played many minutes since being here, you know, completing 90 minutes tonight. Yeah, it's massive. These competitions like this, it enables us to um, embed the young players as well as getting the minutes into into the, uh, the first-team players, which is vital when they've had injuries or suspensions. A win's a win. And, and from the sounds of it, Nigel, you, you put some younger players out there and some players who, who needed some minutes. So uh, an a all-round good exercise for, for Welling United on Tuesday night. Yeah, it was a tough game. I mean, we, we started off well. We went 2-0 uh, up. And, um, uh, you know, we, I think a few of us thought it was going to be like a cricket score. But then... Sittingbourne come back into it and they started playing the ball around and playing some good stuff. And yeah, we had a few players out um, there, there from the academy, from the uh, Welling United Academy, and um, just sort of gave a few of the players a run out that needed that needed a run out. But it was, a, it was a good test. It was a good test. It went to the penalties and the obviously we, we went through, but um, it was a good test. It was, it was a very chilly evening last night, but uh, yeah, it was a good game. Very good game. You mentioned the academy. How important is is the Welling United Academy to, to to the club and everything that you're trying to achieve? It's massive. It's I don't think that um, it can be understated how just how important it is. Um, the the academy, the Welling United Academy, is possibly one of the best academies that that, that go in football. Um, very very important. They've got lots of teams. Um, you've got the managing director Gary Fiore. You've got his assistants. People like Barry Jeffries and that that are very, very committed to them, and they got some very, very good players there. We had uh, we played Dartford in the Kent Senior Cup last season, and we played four lads from the academy, and it was just it was unbelievable. The, the sh- we was all in shock around the director's box. It was like watching Real Madrid. These kids literally just come on and just grab the opportunity, and um, and one of them, Cameron Andrews, he's regular now in the uh, in the first team, and and he's grabbed his opportunity with both hands and and. He doesn't look at the moment. The kid's got no fear. He's got no fear. You just give him the ball and just let him go. And that's the thing about these kids. They're just there. They're 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 ready. They are ready to make that that next step up into the first team. And I suppose if you look at it from from that point of view, ultimately for, for Welling United, it would be great to get a player who you could then sell on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that is the thing is we need to bring these players through, and then obviously, like they make that next step up to the football league or wherever. And then we get a fee for them, and um, that's that is the, the the name of the game. And they say that the academy they, they're producing such good players and um, level-headed players that know how to conduct themselves, know how to to, to do uh, TV interviews, radio interviews. Um, Cameron is, is a prime example. The first time that he's done an interview, he was so calm, collected. He, you know the way he conducted himself, and and that's the credit to the academy that they know they they teach them these 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 lads. Obviously, about the ins and outs of football, but the ins and outs of becoming like a young man and, and to work in the hopefully the professional game. Uh, generally speaking, looking at the league table, twelfth place uh, for the, at the moment for the Wings, twenty five points. You're only four points outside the playoffs. You've got a, 
uh, game in hand on the team in, in seventh as well. It, it was a, a good start to the season, but you have had a bit of a blip lately. Yeah, I mean, we did start well. And manager Warren Freeney turned around and said, you know, that we wouldn't kick in until the end of October. Perhaps we started a little bit, uh, we got a bit ahead of ourselves. We had a couple of some very good victories on the road, beating Oxford City 5-0 at home. Perhaps we did get a little bit above ourselves. Wheels may have come off a little bit, but um, I think that uh, if if you'd have said to us at the start of the season, after last season, uh, you know, as we're approaching Christmas, will we take 11th? I think we would. I think we would, honestly, at the moment. Yeah, I think we would. Uh, and Warren Feeney, we had him on the show just after he got the job and, and, I've, and I've met him as well myself. He seems to me like a very uh, impressive man. You obviously speak to him quite a lot. I think you get on quite well with him. And I think, you know, it's one of those where... I guess it's important that he's given the time to, to really sort of mould everything because it is hard when, when you do what he's had to do, which is pretty much build a whole new squad over the summer. Yeah, it is. And, and that's that's the thing that, that Welling has lacked over the last few, so really since the, the glory days of Jamie Day in the championship winning side, was the fact that they haven't had a settled team and they've constantly been changing managers and now Warren's come in and he knows what he wants. He knows the players what he wants and he knows the way they, he wants them to play. And that's the idea. I think this season, I think the, we just want to be competitive. Last season, we wasn't. This season, we want to be competitive and trying to keep like keep the, the, the nucleus of the team together and then just add for next season and just, just slowly but surely like rebuild. You can't, you know, we can't. I know that uh, there's been a lot of talk about the budget at Welling and about it's the biggest budget we've ever had and, I know the budget is 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 a, is a large budget. I wouldn't say it's no, you know, the biggest budget in the in the National League South by no means. But we just want to be competitive. If we were to get into the playoffs, fantastic. If we just miss the playoffs, then I'd be personally I'd be happy with that because after last season where we just escaped relegation, I just think that um, anything this season's a bonus. Yes, folks in Victor also made it through in the FA Trophy on Saturday and they beat Beaconsfield on penalties. Holders, Bromley and Maidstone United have joined the, the fray in that competition. Now, uh, Welling will be away to all the shots uh, in the next round. Maidstone at home to Worthing. The Holders, Bart Bromley, go to Bath City and Folkestone will be at home uh, to Leeson. Those games excellently scheduled for the Saturday, the week before Christmas. I mean, seriously, what, what are these people doing? Who wants to be playing a, a non-region, well, a, a Wider regionalised cup competition eight days before Christmas. I mean, I, I suppose at least you haven't got to go too far in that one, Nigel. I mean, I, I mean, imagine if you'd got Yeovil or you'd got Swindon Supermarine or something like that. At least it's only Aldershot. Well, that's it. I mean, we was listening to the draw and, you know, the names were coming out and it's like Taunton Town. And we was going, no, no. And as I say, it, it could have been worse. But Aldershot, ideally, we'd like to have uh, perhaps got Aldershot at home. It would have been a nice week before Christmas to play them at Parkview Road, but um, it wasn't to be, so we've got them away. And it's not that far. I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes when you go around the M25. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a good game. And, and I know for a fact that um, the Warren and the players are up for it. I spoke to a couple of them last night, spoke to manager Warren Freeney, and, he, and he's up for it. He, he knows that we can go over there and, and give him a game. Definitely going to go and give him a game. Yeah, this weekend in the National League South, uh, Welling United at home to Weymouth. Uh, Tumbridge Angels take on Havant and Waterloo. Well, Tumbridge Angels did play in the league uh, on Tuesday night as well. They were beaten uh, in their game down at Worthing. 3-2, I think it finished up. Uh, interesting game, that one. Uh, Dover also on the road on Saturday. They take on Hampton, Richmond and Dartford are at home to Concord Rangers. Uh, did you play Weymouth in the Cup? You did, didn't you? And it didn't go well, Nigel. 
Yeah, I mean, that's this is a big game on Saturday. I know that Weymouth are struggling in the league, but we went down there and they, they comprehensively beat us 3-0 and we just didn't get out of the starting blocks at all. And... Um, yeah, they, they they fully deserve the victory, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. To say they they I think they've only won two games, but um, I wouldn't say it's like a, a revenge mission. But we won't take them lightly. I think I think we did. I honestly think that we went down there and think that we was just going to perhaps pass the ball about and the chances will come, but it never did. And um, they were full credit for the for the three 0 victory that day. And it will be a tough game on Saturday at Parkview Road. Yeah, there was a, one other game on Tuesday night in that division as well. It finished Oxford City one, Dartford one. Uh, in that in that game, so Dartford missed out on the chance to go back to the top of the table as they were held there, and they have played more games than anybody else uh, in that division at the moment. And let's move on to the Eastman League Premier Division then, uh, where there's a new man in charge at Herne Bay. Uh, Kevin Watson announced at the back end of last week that he was going to be leaving Cray Valley Paper Mills, uh, and so several people put two and two together, and they came up with maybe he's going to go to Herne Bay. I had a conversation with a few people, and we thought, well, maybe not, but actually, no, he is going to Herne Bay. Uh, so Kevin Watson, the new manager at uh, at Herne Bay, he's got a bit of a task on his hand there, uh, Nigel. They're not in great form. They did have a, a morale boosting win uh, in the Kent Cup on Tuesday night when they beat Seven Oaks, but they, they've not had a good run since Ben Smith left. They didn't have a particularly great one after Ben Smith left. And, and we spoke to um, Stuart Fitchie, the chairman, a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, the league below is a hard league to get out of. Uh, we've got to make sure we stay in this league. Uh, do you think Kevin Watson's the man to do that? Yeah, I think I think he, he if he can get, assemble his own backroom staff and perhaps bring the players in that he wants to bring in, um, that there's no reason why he can't. He's obviously he fancy he obviously relishes the challenge, the fact that he's taken on this job. Um, we we went to Herne Bay um, in the Kent Cup last season and uh, very impressed with their. Uh, setup they got down there, the ground. Uh, I say it's very good. The people that run it are very nice, and um, yeah, I think I think he can go in there, and as long as he can implement what he, you know, the, the staff and perhaps the players and the way that he wants to be, I think he can uh, perhaps hopefully get some results down there. Yeah, I mean he's brought Adam Flanagan in uh, as his assistant, but they are eight points away from safety uh, at the moment with just eight points from sixteen games. They were beaten four one at Horsham uh, on Saturday. Cray Wanderers also played a couple of times in the league this week. Uh, they lost 1-0 at home to Wingate and Finchley on Saturday uh, and then drew 2-2 with Horsham uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, the fixtures in the Eastman League Premier Division this weekend. Uh, we have got Margate on the road at Bishop Stortford. It's Folkestone against Horsham. Everyone's playing bloody Horsham at the moment. Uh, Herne Bay at home to Brighton City Regent in Kevin Watson's first league game in charge. And Cray Wanderers are away to Carl Shorten Athletic. So not uh, two at home, two away. So not too bad. Uh, on that front. We should really mention as well, as we were talking about them earlier on the National League, uh, our two National League teams, Bromley and Maidstone. Maidstone, another good result for them at the weekend. They drew 0-0 at home to uh, to Oldham Athletic. Uh, it's, it's keeping them a little bit above the water at the moment, I suppose, that those sorts of uh, of results for the Stones. Bromley were involved in a thriller at Dorking Wanderers. They won that one 3-2. I think they played a lot of that game with 10 men as well. Uh, so they showed a, a real a lot of character uh, to win that one. Um, and then this weekend, Maidstone United at home to Maidenhead. No game uh, for Bromley due to other teams' FA Cup commitments. Uh, it's it just kind of muddling along those two at the moment. But Maidstone are looking in the right direction, although they did go out the Kent Senior Cup on Tuesday night as they were beating at Corinthian. And they didn't play a, a, the weakest side there. So uh, that that's possibly something for Hakanhe Retin to, to, I suppose, be frustrated about. I mean, we talk about what, what a bonus the Kent Senior Cup was for Welling. 
But if you're Hakan Hareti, I know Jack Barron played in that game and scored, but you'll probably be looking at it thinking, well, do you know what? None of these players have really stood up and showed that they that they deserve a chance to be knocking on the door of my first team that's not doing particularly brilliantly. Yeah, I think you're, I agree. I mean, if he's given some players a run out and they haven't, you know, that, that was their chance to, to grab the uh, the opportunity and they haven't performed, then in, um, he's, he's, he's definitely got a few problems there. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the expectation... I don't know what Maidstone's expectation are, but the National League obviously is, is, a, is a step up from the National League South. And he's under pressure there. He is under pressure. And um, I listened to his interview done on BBC Radio Kent after the game on Saturday. And um, as I say, they kept a clean sheet. And I think it's going to be small steps for, for Maidstone. I don't think that um, they're going to, you know, obviously the, I think they they was hoping for a half halfway in the table, if they could finish halfway, they'd be absolutely delighted with that. And I think that's what they're going to strive for. I really do. I think that um, there's a big gulf in, in budget-wise and um, the standard. And um, they, they'll, I think, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay, but I think they'll still struggle. Yes, uh, into the Eastman League South East. We should say that was a great result for Corinthian uh, on Tuesday night to beat Maidstone United. And let's look through the rest of their division. Uh, on Saturday, Ashford United beat Hayward Heath by four goals to nil. Beckenham beat Whitehawk 2-0. Uh, it was a 2-1 win for VCD as they went to Burgess Hill. Cray Valley, after the exit of Kevin Watson, were 2-0 winners at Chichester. Tommy Osborne taking control uh, of that one. He was the assistant manager there. And they seem to be saying he's going to be the manager. So we shall see what happens uh, going forward. Corinthian drew 1-1 with East Grinstead. Sheppard United, a hat-trick from Warren Mafula as they beat Faversham 3-2. Hyde beat Lansing 3-1. Uh, Leaders Ramsgate were beaten 2-0 at Littlehampton. It was Seven Oaks nil, Sittingbourne nil. Chatham lost 3-2 at Three Bridges. So no one really took advantage at the top there, uh, apart from Ashford winning uh, three of the top four beaten uh, on Saturday. Then on Tuesday night, a couple of games there uh, and a couple of big defeats for Kent sides as well. Beckenham beaten 4-1 as they travelled down to Littlehampton. Sheppey lost 4-2 at home to Burgess Hill. Uh, massive, massive game this weekend uh, on Saturday in that division as Ramsgate host Ashford United a three o'clock, a three o'clock kickoff. That is top against second in that league. Ramsgate twenty nine points from fourteen games. Ashford have got twenty eight points from fourteen games. Chatham are just behind them. They've got a game in hand. They've got twenty seven points. They are at home uh, to Littlehampton. Beckenham host Burgess Hill. It's Chichester against Seven Oaks. Corinthian take on Whitehawk, who suffered their first league defeat of the season last weekend. Uh, Hythe go to Hayward Heath. It's Sheppey against Cray Valley. Uh, Sittingbourne take on Lansing Three Bridges is the destination for Faversham Town and VCD Athletic take on East Grinted that Sheppey game incidentally they are having a food bank collection uh, at that game so if you can go along to that one uh, do give generously what, what what do you make of this league Nigel it's, it's very tight at the top and, and happily there's plenty of Kent Cubs knocking about there yeah um, a, another competitive league um, and Kent Clubs uh, doing well Ramsgate I mean as you say a massive game there Saturday um, is it if you say first versus second um, hopefully get a big crowd down there. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just another competitive league where it, you get teams that start to pull away, but then they have uh, a blip and it's all up to the teams that are sort of like following and that try and catch up. Yeah, there is a game on Wednesday next week in that division. Uh, Beckenham take on Chatham. Obviously, there's next to no football next Tuesday night uh, due to the fact that England are playing Wales in their final World Cup game. Oh, final group game. I'm pretty sure that England, it won't be England's final game as they've already won 6-2. Um, but yeah, so not a lot of uh, local football around on Tuesday night. So 
uh, we, will, uh, we won't have too much to talk about uh, next week when it comes to midweek football, but that's okay. I don't mind that uh, for a change. Uh, into the Southern Counties East League and our final interview of this week's show. Uh, Irith Town have had a really good start to the season, actually. They've, they've lost a few games along the way. Uh, they lost to Irith and Belvedere last Wednesday night, but they hit back and they were 4-0 winners uh, over Whitstable Town on Saturday. They, they, they threw in the FA bars as well and, and everything seems to be going very, very well at Irith Town. It always seems this time of year that I end up speaking to Adam Woodward. So they're always decent at this time of year. As uh, so here is the Irith Town manager, Adam Woodward, speaking after their 4 0 win over Whitstable. Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, it's a tough place to go. We've obviously had a change of manager with Marcel coming in. Um, and it's always a tough game. Obviously, Marcel was at Sheffield last year and we, we tend to struggle when we played against his sides um, last year. And we had a game plan and we stuck to it. And I thought um, it was really good. We worked on making sure we. Um, we turned over possession as quickly as we could and won the ball hard the pitch for the transitions and, and we could worked well. But we've seen Whitstable even before Marcel came in that they found it a bit tough at home. Was that part of your game plan? Was like, you know, early on you could if you get put them under pressure, they might find it difficult? Yeah, to be fair, we should have scored probably in the first 10, 15 seconds from kickoff and uh from there we just went on and we knew if we tried to um isolate them having chances and stopping and winning the ball and trying to break them up with their play that the fans might might get on their backs a little bit and I thought they did and yeah to be fair to us we've we done really well and we stuck to our game plans and the boys are executed it superbly. Great to bounce back after your defeat in, in midweek which I understand was was a pretty soggy affair wasn't it against Irith and Belvedere? Yeah yeah it was a wet one and but full credit to Irith and Belvedere they deserved the game on the night um, I felt we, we, we huffed and puffed as much as we can but in my opinion, that they, they deserved it and they showed why they are top of the league and why they are where they are. And full credit to Tony AC and the boys over there doing a great job uh, being top of the league. And look, we, we didn't have many chances in the game. There wasn't many chances for them, but they took theirs on the night and they we, we went down to 10 men after 50 minutes and we tried to hang in as long as we can. The last five turns, we sort of tried to uh, attack to try and get a goal for equaliser, but they hit us on the break. And yeah, full credit to them. They fully deserved the three points. You say they're doing a good job. You're doing a pretty good job yourself, aren't you? 28 points from 14 games. I think uh, you'd have taken that, especially after you lost the first one when I was there. But you've you've had a really solid start to the season. Yeah, to, to be fair, we lost obviously to Phoenix and then we lost our next home game to Rustle. So it was a little bit doom and gloom from there. Um, but no, boys have done really well and, and bounced back and obviously we're third in the league. Got a few games in hand on teams below us, but we've really got a really, really tough month coming ahead. Obviously, Lewis and Borough on Saturday in the Cup, which is never easy. Then we've got Stansfield in the Vars, then we've got to go to Phoenix, then we've got here from Belvedere away, and then we've got Stansfield again. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough, and we just got to try and get through the next couple of months and see where we are from there. You'd always take two points a game, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, ideally at the start of the season, that's what you want to take. You want to take two points a game, but last year I think the league was one on 100 points, so you you don't know how many points you'll need to win it this season or to be there or thereabouts, but all we can do is just keep trying to win games of football and just keep trying to improve them. You mentioned Saturday that the Kent Senior Trophy at Lewisham. Where does that lie in your priorities? Yeah, it's up there. It's a, it's a top priority. Same with we lost to Punjab the other day in the Cup and that was a priority as well. Um, we want to try and win as many games, like I said, we want to try and win the Cups as much as we can. And yeah, we'll be going there full strength on Saturday. There'll be no chance, no, very little changes and like I said it's, it's a tough place to go Lewisham um, I've never had an easy game there and we just got to try and go there and focus um, and with our game plan and see where we can turn out It's quite hard for you isn't it because you've already been in the London Senior Cup you've got the Challenge Cup you've got a lot of competitions to, to kind of go for and if 
you say they're all the priority, you know, it's, it's got to be a point where it's like, actually, you know, everything is, is, is important. Yeah, it is. And we've got, we're only really running with about a 17, 18th man squad. So it's tough on the boys. They've had a lot of football recently, especially in the month of October and November. There was a lot, a lot of football. So we went to Hendon. We did change it up a little bit at Hendon, but the boys that played that night were full credit and we was unlucky to lose that game. But no, we, we, got, we take all the games as seriously as possible. We've got to try and get something one this season. If we can, if we can't win the league, then no, nothing better than winning a cup. And then obviously you mentioned the FA Vars, Stansfeld, a tie that I don't think anyone in Kent would have wanted to put two, te- two of our teams together again. And, you know, they're a team we do very well in the Vars and obviously second and third in the league at the moment. So that'll be a great tie next Saturday. Yeah, They've done really well since they come up and it's a full credit to their management team. They're, they're a very, very good side. They do things very, very well over there and they've had, um, I don't think it's no surprise they are where they are in the league. They're, they're a good, solid side and they, like you said, they had a good run in the Vars last year so they, they was matching step five sides and beating step five sides so there's no reason why they can't be matching them being up there for the step five for our level. I'm looking at your at your team and your goal score, I mean, obviously last year Stedman scored a lot of goals and I scored a few again this year, but it looks like you've you kind of spread them around a little bit more. So do you think you've got a stronger squad now than you've had before? Um, yeah, we obviously had to get a few in last year because obviously we lost some big players for us, Harry Gamble, Dan Nash, Michael Powell. They were big players not only on the pitch but in the change room as well. So we've had a little mini rebuild. Obviously, we brought Harry Taylor in, which has been really, really good for us. We've not seen much of him so far because he's got a lot of goals at Kent County. Um, it was obviously with Pauline Jerome, the centre-back, and also uh, Mackenzie Foley as well, and added Ladic from Brighton Rope. So we brought some of them them lads in, and they've, they've gelled with the side really well. But yeah, the, the, side, the, the squad is very, very strong this year. Um, I probably would say it's the strongest we've had since I've been manager of the football club. But not only on on the field, off the field, the boys are really, really good as well. We had a um, one of the young lads had a boxing match the other day, and I think the whole squad of 20 or players went to watch him, as well as management and committee members. So, yeah, there's a good camaraderie off the pitch as well. And just finally, obviously, you know, with town, a big community club, you've got a massive youth session, World Cup's on at the moment. Is that having an impact on everything that the club's doing, or is it just kind of business as usual? Business as usual for us. I know, um, obviously, I think the Vars game on the third falls if England finished second. I think there's an England game on that day. So, we've just got to hope that England do the job, and then obviously it won't affect us on the third. Do you know what? They're doing very well, I think, uh, Nigel. I think that they're, they're a good side, that they've got a good little setup there. Uh, you know, big club, big, you know, where they are with the youth team and the youth section and everything like that. I think they do a really good job. And I think they're probably third in the league, maybe a little bit punching above their weight there. But full credit to Adam and all of his players for, for everything that they're doing there. Absolutely. And and he was very gracious in Davide there when he said that Irish Belver did deserve the victory. Um and you're right, they 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 are doing. They're going well, as you say. 28 points after 14 games, they would have took that at the start of the season. And um, it's just like I say, with the the two points behind Stansfield in second, but obviously here there's that big gap at the top. But I always think that um, that you you see the measure of a team how they react from a defeat, and obviously disappointing to go down two 0 to the local rivals, but to come back and get a four 0 victory, especially on the road. I mean that that just shows the character of the team and, and well done to the, to the players and the manager. And at Whitstable side as well, who obviously have got a bit of a new manager bounce, they're, they're molding those players in, but they have struggled at home. And and it was interesting, you know, when Adam said, you know, we had a feeling that if we started well, the crowd might get on their backs a little bit. And so it proved. And to go there and win 4-0, a team we relegated last season, 
with some good players in their ranks, that that shows that there's a lot about the town this year. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, the bounce. Some some clubs you, you get that bounce back factor. It does happen, and some clubs it doesn't happen straight away. And if you if you if you've lost at home, and you your next game is away, and you sort of like decide to to, to put your mark down and say right, okay, we're not going to start off. We're not going to lose today. But to come away with a four 0 victory, I mean, he'll be absolutely delighted with that. I would have thought. And and Stedman Callender there is 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 obviously the top the, the, their top goal scorer, a very very dangerous player. But as I said to him there, I I feel like even though Stedman has got plenty of goals this year, which he has, I mean he's got twelve in the league. But it, it feels to me when I'm looking at, at the scores that the goals have been spread around and that, that they've strengthened. And and that's full credit to to Adam first of all for bringing the players in, and also the chairman Mark who we've had on this show as well. Because they are putting putting the effort in to make Irith Town a, a, a competitive t- side at this level. Absolutely, and, and as you know, recruitment is so important. You can't just rely on the front two or the, the, sometimes the, the lone striker to get the goals. If you can get goals from midfield, and even if you you know your perhaps your defenders can pop up at the at the corners and, and, and you know get a few goals, and if the, if the goals are spread out with throughout the team, it doesn't put so much. Um, pressure on the strikers if, there's, if they know that there's goals coming from a, you know in different sections of the pitch. Yeah, so mate, look at the results on Saturday in the uh, Skeppel Premier Division. Some really good games actually. Uh, Russell two on winners at Canterbury City, a last minute winner there from Louis Clark. Uh, and Belvedere came from a goal behind uh, to win two one at Deal. Scott the winner there from Tyler Richardson Brown eight minutes from time. Uh, Fisher beat K Sports two one. Uh, Jamie Field scored a hat trick of penalties as Glee beat Beersted three one. Uh, Holmesdale. We're beaten 3 0 at home by Kennington. It was Phoenix Sports 3, Lordswood 0. Punjab United won an absolute thriller as well uh, as they were at home to Tunbridge Wells. They trailed 1 0, 2 1, 1 0, 2 1, 3 1, then hit back to score three goals, including a last minute winner from Paul Vines as Punjab United ran out 4 3 winners. Uh, Sutton Athletic with 3 1 winners at Wellingtown. And as we've already mentioned, Whitstable 0, Irith Town 4. Now, I know. Uh, Nigel, you've been impressed by Irith and Belvedere. Obviously, they they play at a, a stadium that you're familiar with, and and they've had a great start to the season. Yeah, I mean, they 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 would be absolutely delighted with with the way things are going over there. Obviously, I know uh, Port Spring, it and we call it Geordie, and some of the guys over there. I, I go and watch some of their games. Obviously, they they share at Parfy Road, so I regularly go and watch them, and they'll be delighted. And and I remember you saying last season that you and Matt were saying that once Sh- uh, Ch- Chatham and Sheppey got out of that league that it was for the rest of the teams to turn around and say well, okay well they've gone now it's our chance to to progress and and Irith and Belvedere have grabbed it with both hands and, and they're going fantastically yeah a mixture of competitions for our teams uh, in the scaffold next weekend as as Adam said there they've got the some some of them have got the Kent Senior Trophy at uh, the weekend his side go to Lewisham Burroughs Bierce against Rustle deal against Glebe Holmesdale against Hollands and Blair, uh, Phoenix Sports against Stansfeld, Punjab United at home to SC Thamesmead, and Snodland Town take on Kennington. A couple of games in the Premier Division as well. Fisher against Wellington and Lordswood against Sutton Athletic. That one is a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, saving on the floodlights, I presume. That one is also a Kent Senior Trophy game on Sunday. Irith and Belvedere take on Tunbridge Wells. As we say, not a lot to write home about uh, next week in terms of midweek fixtures because it's all. Uh, World Cup-centric uh, into the first division of the scaffold, finally. Uh, the results over the weekend, uh, it was AFC Whiteleaf 1, Lightfield and Newhithe 2. Uh, Greenway's at it again. They scored some goals, these lads. Uh, 5-3, that one, against Strike Strikeforce. Uh, Staples Monarchs 3-1 winners at Lidtown. 
and Snodland were six nil winners away at Rochester United. Uh, the fixtures in the first division uh, on Saturday: FC Whiteleaf against Croydon, uh, it's FC Elmstead against Brydon Ropes, Lidtown against Bermondsey Town, Staples Monks against Forest Hill Park, uh, and Tooting Beck against Meridian VP. Uh, so there's, there's there's so much good football going on, isn't there, Nigel? And, and, and I suppose you know. From your point of view, you obviously see a lot of welling, but I guess you try and see what else you can around it. Yeah, I mean, um, if if welling are not playing, I try, as I say, I go down to watch here for Deer. A couple of weeks ago, I went went over to uh, watch uh, Grey Wanderers, uh, Cray Valley as well. Go and watch them teams, and yeah, there's, I mean, the, the hotbed of Kent football is is uh, it's quite it's quite remarkable, really. And there's so much good stuff going on at these clubs now. Um, we're approaching the, uh, the you know the Christmas period. We're going to have like two or three games over, I don't know, six or seven days. Or uh, but um, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And with this World Cup on at the moment, and no you know Premier League or no First Division, I, I say to anyone, go and watch your your local non-league team, and, and I think you'll have a cracking day out. I really do. It's it's great, and you know a lot of our teams are are making provisions. Obviously, the third of December, as, as Adam said in his interview, there, as a likelihood that England are going to be playing. Uh, in the evening, so I think everyone is kind of moving their games forward. Uh, you, though, Nigel, you weren't best pleased, were you? Because your uh, couple of weekends before Christmas in Bath uh, is now a miserable Friday evening in Bath. How's that all come about? I mean, the, the club obviously would have had to agree to that, but that's, that's not an ideal situation for for you or any of the Welling supporters. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I think it's uh, due to, say, obviously the potential that England are going to be playing on the Saturday. And we was due to play on the 3rd of December, but now it's been brought forward till the Friday evening, which uh, isn't great for, for the Welling fans to get down there. I mean, it's probably great for me because I'll probably have one of my best listening figures. But um, yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, and it's going to be a very late journey. In a, uh, you know, I won't get back to London till um, early hours of uh, Saturday morning. As as always, Nigel. Now we're finished with the football stuff. I'm going to be. Talk- Have you got any TV recommendations or, or or movie tips for us? No, not really. I mean, just I try to. You know, me and the missus are sort of watching the Celebrity Jungle at the moment. I'm a celebrity and Master Chef and things like that. But um, it just seems that at the moment it's sort of wall to wall blanket World Cup coverage. And yeah, I try. I try to. Um, I don't really watch a lot of films, but um, yeah, just just I'm a celebrity and you know. Master Chef, things, things like that. Really, that's what that's what we watch. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's tough for me at the moment because I am working a lot. I'm working every evening. Uh, I think I've got I'm in the middle of nine days in a row at the moment. So even things like 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 the Jungle, which I do like to watch, I, I just kind of end up losing track of them because you just get behind. So you end up just sort of picking up episodes here and there. Um, but I, I so I kind of know who's going, who's gone. I kind of know what's happening, but you know it's hard to keep up. And I, and I tell you what. I bet all those celebrities, though, I always think this, Nigel, every year, um, I always think, wouldn't it be fun during I'm a Celebrity to do the I'm a Celebrity diet? So, like, whatever they end up eating, you get just, just some small portion of meat. And if they mess it up, just eating rice and beans. I, th- I reckon by the end of the month, you could lose so much weight. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, I, I could probably do that. I, I seriously could do with that. But, um, <laughs> um, and I just, I, I mean, it's... Some of the some of the things that they have to do in there. I mean, it, I think I think the probably the, the worst thing from is boredom. I think yeah. what we see on television is an hour's highlighted clips where I've you know if they're waking up at I don't know six seven in the morning they're chatting away till eleven o'clock at night. I mean, it, the boredom must be unbelievable. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a good show. It's a, it's one of the it's one of the best ones of the. I don't watch a lot of these um, reality shows, but that's probably one of the best ones. Yeah, I bet when they come out, they can't wait for a triple bacon fry-up as well. Um, 
Are you, are you enjoying the World Cup? I mean, we, we've been recording this show. Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Germany have just lost to Japan, uh, a game which my usual co-host, Matt Gerard, was at. Um, but it, it, I, I've seen a bit of every single game so far. Uh, not all of the games. I don't think I've actually seen a full game. Well, I have done because I've been at work. But I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. And, and, you know, yeah, obviously, they're all the bits and pieces about Qatar, which Ryan mentioned very well last week. And, you know, it's only got worse in, 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 in part of that as well with the last minute alcohol ban and everything like that. But from a footballing point of view, it's been all right so far. Obviously, England were brilliant on on Monday. Argentina have lost. Germany have lost. France played quite well as well. So it, it's, it's looking to me like it's actually going to be a really interesting tournament. And, and you know, who doesn't love being able to get up, roll out of bed at 10 o'clock in the morning and there being some World Cup on? I don't care where it is. Get it on my telly and inject it in my veins. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite, as you say, it's quite weird that nine o'clock in the morning, the program's coming on like with, with the, the build-up to the games. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's some shock results so far. Definitely some shock results. And I think there'll be a few more yet. Um, but so, as you say, so far, it's been OK. I think England, I think uh, they've done, obviously, they got a fantastic result the other day. And I think they'll beat America on Friday. Um, tough game, or think I'll be against Wales, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been some good stuff so far. It's a very enjoyable. Thanks, well, Nigel. Thank you very much for joining me this week. Uh, hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be on here. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Thank you. And uh, just so everybody knows, uh, where do we find Wings uh, Wings Radio? Well, if you go on the club's website, go wellingunited.com, there's a link on there, um, and you can tune into them. Uh, we cover every away game. So, yeah, go on to wellingunited.com and you'll find all the information on there. Excellent. Well, you can find the podcast, uh, this this fair show on Twitter. Still, Twitter still exists, so that's a very handy thing uh, at the moment. You can find us uh, at Kent NL Podcast. I am at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Joe. And Nigel, you're N Jones once. once I mean, N, not, N, N Jones once, 1969 on Twitter, yes. Yes, you, you see, like me, you've given away your age there, haven't you, with your, uh, with your Twitter handle. <laughs> Um, you can also find the podcast on Facebook as well. So that will probably become more prominent if Twitter does die. Uh, so search for Kent Non-League Podcast. Now, you may remember last week as the show came to an end, I said, I wonder if I can summon Matthew Gerrard. Let's see if I can do it again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Non-League Podcast. Matt, are you there? Another great show, John. I've just been hanging around with my Mexican friends. Just off to see the Japanese against the Germans as well. Lovely, lovely weather. Great show. Keep up the good work. Unfortunately, I'm back soon.